0: Did you ever live in San Francisco? Um, I'm from Idaho. Hey, I got a brother in Idaho. What city? Boise. All right.
1: Well. Oh, uh, yeah. Ironically, yeah. You and I were just talking about the state of the United States right now, and we're about to transition into talking about Death Wish, which is like the perfect title for the millennial experience in the it United
0: is,
2: States. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> i I, I literally just thought of that we need yeah oh you need to to watch the new one of bruce willis yeah that too this fourth one came out in like 86 87
1: yeah 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 we should we should definitely do that at some point although i i always kind of wish that they cast samuel jackson instead because it seems like definitely this kind of movie was made for him
2: yeah well he did a new shaft oh
1: that's true that's
2: true at
0: least we got that (laughs) But, Jonathan,
1: as, as historians and as politically engaged people, we need to co-write a book called Death Wish, the Millennial Story.
2: <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Yeah, it's <laughs>
0: – yeah,
2: I know. it's The movie is kind of a perfect – It is.
0: – right.
2: of war in Iraq, right?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like the
2: violence is totally nihilistic. Yeah, you kill some bad guys, but – there's no systemic change. If anything, everything is worse off, but everyone feels powerless to stop it. It's like, well, you know, Paul Kersey's going to be there. Sometimes you need Paul Kersey. We all hate him. But.
1: <laughs> well, I am joined again by my good friend, Jonathan Root, to tackle the next installment in the Death Wish saga uh, Death Wish 4, the crackdown, which honestly took me an embarrassingly long time to get because it's. The crackdown in the movie is about
2: crack. It is, yeah. <laughs> Amazing the Gideon movie subtitles. Did Death Wish three have a subtitle? I, I honestly can't I don't remember. remember. The, the fifth one does. Mm. The fifth one that came out in the mid nineties. Uh, it's not good.
1: Faces oh. of Death.
2: Faces of Death. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, which is a reference to
2: those VHS <laughs> oh, <it does. laughs> <laughs> tapes that floated around. Oh, they had that too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I yeah, I never saw those. That was a bit too much for me. Uh,
1: I saw one. It was uh-huh. uh, interesting. Yeah. You know, Although it was, it wasn't as bad as you are probably visualizing, but it had
2: uh, uh just like maybe... it was just like coroner's stuff, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I like videotape of real accidents,
2: people being murdered or anything.
1: All right, we got to get all the get all the um, Charles Bronson is old jokes out of our system. Right yeah,
2: I mean, I don't know, I I don't know, I like Charles Bronson in these movies. He's all right. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I do too. But he has some good he has some good line reads. I
1: mean, we both grew up in the same period, so we have all of these. Charles Bronson is too old to be in these movies jokes. The original cast of Star Trek is too old to be in these movies. Yeah. Normally this is where I would talk about the um, trivia, but there really isn't too much there. What's interesting is that writer Gail Morgan Hickman, uh, and Gail is a male name, it's very old-timey that Gail is a gender neutral name, but, uh, but the interesting thing about him is he co wrote the story for The Enforcer, the first Dirty Harry movie, uh, mm-hmm. from back in the late 70s. Also did Murphy's Law, did a bunch of other action mm-hmm. movies involving vigilantes, uh, which is certainly why Canon brought him in, because I'm sure yeah. they wanted to have a more grounded Death Wish movie, which they kind of got. Yeah. And, uh, so oh, yeah nihilism (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is oh yeah we'll get there i mean especially with with that first scene oh my god but um
0: yeah the
1: other other interesting thing i honestly didn't know this i knew about the enforcer but uh hickman was also a producer for the 90s flash tv series and he Uh (laughs) was episodes. the episodes Mm -hmm. (laughs) awesome so there's your DC Universe connection. I just
2: watch that show. One year for Halloween, my mom made—I went as Batman, and my brother went as Flash, and she, like, handmade her suits. Aww. I remember, she she didn't quite get the cowl button time for me, but I was upset, but I didn't care because I got to walk around with a cape, and that was more—that <laughs> was a lot cooler than a cowl, I thought, so— yeah, and it
1: would have been more comfortable. I mean, yeah. it would have been, like, choking you or
2: something. Yeah, it still was pretty cool, to walk off the cape. I remember going around corners, and I would snap it. <laughs>
0: That's fantastic.
1: Uh, and the movie was directed by J. Lee Thompson. Um, I honestly don't know how well-known he is. I, I didn't know about him before I watched it. Um, but he did a bunch of action movies dating back to 1950. Most notably, Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Um, And he also did for canon King Solomon's Minds, which is an Alan Quatermain movie, but is also obviously a knockoff of Indiana Jones. But the one bit of trivia, I'm really, well, I, I should also mention John P. Ryan, who plays Nathan White, who is from, I think, one of Jonathan's favorite movies, Class of 1999.
2: Yes, I, yeah, yeah. I looked that up. I like that movie. Yeah, is that the one of Pam Greer, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that one's good. <laughs> yeah, I like those dystopian high school movies. Me too. Yeah, because I, so I'm sorry to we can get back. We can get to death. Oh death no, Stone. no, no! I mean that's
1: I, that's that's what you're here for. Like,
2: yeah. I, 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 and I know all the problems with this movie. All the problems, but Pretty in Pink, I love. That movie, <laughs> like genuinely enjoy watching it,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but then I also like you know those the class of 1999 with the real shitbag teenagers where they get all murdered by the teachers I like those two extremes.
1: Well, uh, it, yeah, it's like that whole, that whole subgenre with like the substitute and
2: yeah, right. Class yeah, of I know, I love yeah substitute, those are good. Uh, <laughs> class of 1999 two. Famously has Sasha Mitchell, Sasha Mitchell as the cyborg <laughs> like it step by step and was in basically all the kickboxer movies from two on. Um, and there's a scene in the class of 1999 in which Sasha Mitchell watches the woman he, she, he is in love with have sex with her husband. And it's kind of weird.
1: I don't know if I have seen that one. <laughs> I, I I remember growing up, my mom like would it. let me watch all of these sleazy movies on HBO with her. <laughs> so maybe that was one of
0: them.
2: I'm sure it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. because I And we have the one that I'm really excited about, and I swear to my audience that I did not plan this at all, but Cade Lentz. Who is the titular Hitler's daughter, which was the last episode of Trash Cannon. She appeared in this movie and I Oh I,
0: I literally
2: sure, sure, squealed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, because no, I recognize her from the first uh vacation. That's right, she did that too. <laughs> she was um whatever the girl's name is in those movies. Um
1: I forget, yeah. Uh, can you guess? Hmm. And maybe you already looked this up. But can you guess how old she was when she was starring in this movie? Oh, and for clarity's sake, she plays Karen, the teenage daughter, whose one scene in the movie is uh, arguing with her mother about her curfew.
2: Yes. I I don't know how old she was now. 34 years old. Playing like a 16-year-old, right? Yeah. yeah, Yeah. 16 or 17. She's convincing, I
1: guess. Yeah, I mean, she does look very young, and I, I, I swear I had to, like, actually do the math and check multiple sources, because I couldn't believe that they would be so lazy as to not cast cast an actual teenager. Although they'd be far from the only movie from this time period to, you know, have a Twenty something or even a thirty something play a teenager. So yeah, uh, yeah. But this was like literally two years before she was in Hitler's daughter. And in fairness, um, like her her appearance, um, even in like when she when she appeared in Hitler's daughter, they gave her like you know they had her uh, do her hair up in a bun. They gave her thick glasses, so she did look. Even then, so young that they wanted to give her an older look.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, so I guess that's in defense, but still, just like I, I, I couldn't believe <laughs> that she was that old when she when <laughs> they cast for um, this movie, and they didn't like even try to get an actual yeah, know, at least somebody in their early twenties, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much respect Goldman Globe has had for their audience. so... <laughs> not sure i'm not sure they were, they were real worried about
1: it yeah yeah it probably wasn't in their concern uh, uh on their list of priorities especially <laughs>
2: no, no, they're probably thinking everyone watching this is dumb so <laughs> okay. yeah because this movie
1: i i always forget but this movie came out i think a year before
2: they collapsed
1: uh i don't think she was in um uh vac- in the vacation movies
2: she wasn't? Thought,
1: yeah, yeah. I thought, what else I thought was she in right. And she was she in American it. Graffiti. No, I thought you were right, but yeah, according to IMDb, she wasn't. She, she was in American Graffiti. Um, yeah,
2: she, she was Audrey in, in the first vacation.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. You no,
2: know, if you go to IMDb, it's listed. Oh, is it? Yeah. Audrey. Yeah, she was in uh, – yeah, she was Audrey. Um, yeah. She was in Christmas Vacation too. <laughs> Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Oh, my God. Have you seen that? <laughs> I, I have not. I'm scared to. I've...
1: Oh, you haven't seen it? I
2: have not seen it, no. I mean, it's got... Fred Willard is in it. <laughs> it can't be that bad. Fred Willard is in it. Eric Idle is in it. Ed hasner So it can't be that bad, right?
1: So, yeah, this movie came out in 1987, the same year as masters of the universe so um yeah so this this was one of the nails in canon films coffin
2: i mean it couldn't have cost that much money right
1: right i mean especially given a scene that we're definitely
2: going to definitely going to talk about but yes. um yes
1: but first, I think we're I think we're dancing around what we have to do, and that's be a couple of guys talking about a scene depicting the brutal rape of a woman, which is how you want to open your movie.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I don't know, man. It's just it's gross. Yeah, for a minute I had to make
1: sure I wasn't watching uh, Death Wish two again because it yeah. seemed like a holdover from that. Um,
2: yeah, it's gross. It's almost played to be titillating. and I hate it.
1: Yeah, because you have a shot of her panties as she's being dragged yeah. out of the car. And it's yeah. And the whole thing turns out to be a dream, which leads you to suspect that this movie might actually try to do something interesting with the character of Paul Kersey. But um, no, no. Even even though like it's heavy on symbolism, you know, he shoots a uh, he shoots one of the rapists and. Rapist has his face, but you know it doesn't mean anything.
2: <laughs> no, it doesn't. No.
1: Probably, probably early on, but um, probably early in an earlier version of the script it did, but um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah,
2: the Golden Globe is like their movies to be short, so. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because like with Death Wish three, I have like an alternate plot theory, but uh. Um. Yeah. So we can just skip over the maximum unpleasantness. And I honestly like to think that we we'll, that we would ha- have had the same reaction even if we were watching the movie before our current woke era.
2: Yeah. No. It just normalizes violence. And I hate it.
1: Yeah. It's it's a really really ugly scene. Um. So yeah, if you I, give I, this movie a try, consider I skipping
0: watch, it.
1: I can't watch it. Mm-hmm. After that completely pointless scene, uh, we find out that Kiersey has, ev- even though, I don't know, maybe maybe I missed a scene or a line of dialogue, but, like, apparently Kiersey has started up his practice as an architect again. Yeah. E- even though everyone at least suspects that he was the vigilante.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he's back in L.A. in this one.
1: Yeah, I just don't know how that works, because it seems like all the cops know that he was the vigilante, or they
2: strongly suspect it, but, you yeah. know. No, they do. It's kind of like a Frank Castle.
1: Yeah, it's just Everyone like— Everyone
2: knows ha- Frank Castle's the Punisher. People, people see—like, if you read the comics, you know Frank Castle's go out for dinner. Like, people know who Frank right. Castle is. <laughs>
1: Right, crazy, right. right, but I mean, Fred Castle
2: isn't running like a a, a multi-million dollar business. It's also true. It's also true. Yeah, yeah, he's not, you know, yeah, probably an entrepreneur in the local area, right? Not going to charity events, but I think he does in the fifth one, right? Is that how Yeah, I think I don't know. I've, I've seen the fifth one a few times, but I don't, I don't remember it. And also, I have to mention because I made a,
1: I put like a huge, um, because I don't trust my ability to retain information, I put like a huge asterisks next to this one thing in my notes. We get to see the playful banter between uh, Paul Kiersey and his well, she's not his stepdaughter his his girlfriend's daughter um, Karen and like she shows him a drawing she did <laughs> and he goes, good but not great
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so weird His character is just something, yeah He's a monster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like way to wait to crush this little girl's hopes and dreams. Yeah, well, like, that's a good thing because she's gonna be dead soon, but anyway. True, yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's how she became Hitler's daughter. Because what Pierce. Oh, yeah,
2: she's a failed artist too. <laughs> Man, I'm I, <laughs> reading very slowly Ian Kershaw's monster book on Hitler. Mm-hmm. i mean i'm reading the abridged version and it's like 800 pages so it's it's good right but it's just i'm not going to finish it anytime soon but dude talking to hitler was such a weirdo it's have you heard these stories about hitler when he was like in um vienna right mm-hmm. no yeah vienna vienna yeah yeah no, no. yeah yeah I don't, know. I don't know i'm not thinking uh but yeah, I guess women at the opera would go and just like mess with him, like flirt with him because he was such like an awkward an awkward guy and took opera so seriously and they knew that they knew that he wanted to have sex with all of them, but he would never do anything. And so they would they would go and just like needle him and mess with him, make him uncomfortable and embarrassed. That's
0: so funny. I, thought I did that
2: weirdo Hitler's, you know, he <laughs> was the third Reich. You know, had women just trolling him. <laughs> well, and the
1: fact that, um, what was it? Like, I, I can't remember the exact number, but the majority of the women he slept with committed suicide or attempted suicide.
2: Yeah, it's all uncomfortable. They're all, they're all like, what, 14?
0: hmm
2: Wasn't even a niece who killed herself killed her, killed yeah. her at that age. And he was like infatuated with her. Like we don't know if it was a sexual relationship. I think why I read, but it's still, ugh. Yeah. Well, and, that,
1: and that's how how he was born. His, his it was like yeah. his dad, or was it his cousin or
2: his niece? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, he was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Root's statement.
1: <laughs> controversial one <laughs>
2: yeah <Hot Although> <laughs> speaking of fac- fascist thugs paul kersey has his business reopened in new york uh and his girlfriend's name is karen
1: uh no that's a stepdaughter's name
0: okay um
1: her name
0: erica.
1: is erica erica that's it okay. yeah
2: uh, that Erica lady was in a few schlock 80s movies um, that I've seen. I can't remember the names. I have to look it up, but she was in a few kind of corny, violent, a lot of TNA I think oh. movies in the 80s. <clears throat> um, so anyway, so so before when this happened, Paul sees Karen smoking a joint, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, he sees smoking a joint with her boyfriend. Right, he's at his girlfriend's house, and this is leaves one of the best scenes in the movie. The argument oh, oh, between her and sorry. her mother. Um, yeah,
1: you you were kind of right. The actress okay. I was talking about, Kate Lentz, she yes. wasn't in vacation, but uh, Dana, the Dana Thornton, yeah. who who plays the mom, was okay. So yeah, I can understand that because like the age is so confusing. The fact that she, I. I don't know if she, I think she was like kind of, she might've been, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, Oh my God. I forgot to check this. Is she actually older than the actress playing her teenage daughter? Oh my God. I got to do the math real quick. Um, so she was born in 1966. So um, this movie came out in 87. So she would wait. Wait, no, that's impossible. Wait.
2: No, Karen was Audrey in um, Vacation. The mother was in a movie called Strip to Kill, I think. Oh, okay. Um, no, the ages are right. There, there's a there's a pretty big age difference between them. Okay. So the mom, well, there's only there's only like a thirteen year difference because the mom was born in '53. And the woman who plays Karen was born in 66. So they're 13 years apart. Okay. Yeah. The mom, Kay Lenz, was in one episode of Lois and Clark. That's pretty sick. Uh, She was in Charles in Charge for an episode. uh, Poor woman. (laughs) Oh, and she voiced uh, American Maid in The Tick. Yeah. She was in Strip to Kill. Like I said, she was in a movie called House. She was in one episode of MacGyver which is legitimately awesome. Mm -hmm. It's like she just did...
1: Okay, but she is playing the daughter, Cate
2: right? No, Cate was the mom. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I swear to God, Chad. Yeah. Oh,
1: no, I ruined the entire... I just ruined the entire uh, point I was trying to make. (laughs)
2: Yeah, no, yeah, you did. It's all right. No, (laughs) Cate was the mother, the blonde, and Karen, the daughter, Uh, Karen was Audrey. And Karen is the one who does ODs on cocaine.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, I feel like I, I need to hand control of this podcast over to someone else. <laughs>
2: no, no, this is great. I'm all right. Yeah. Is that the way women are treated in these movies is not particularly good. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm portrayed in the best light. Erica is the stepdaughter. Karen. No, no, Karen's, Karen's the daughter.
0: Oh, Karen's the
2: daughter? But but Kate Lentz is playing Karen. Oh, she is? Then Karen's the mother. Jesus. How are we not prepared for this? You're right. (laughs) Kate Lentz is Karen, so that's the mother. Well, Karen
1: gets like two scenes, so.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then Erica is the daughter. So we just had the the fake characters' names mixed up. (laughs) We were talking past each other. Okay. Oh my
1: it's, God. Okay. it's okay. It's okay. Because like, yeah, Erica gets two scenes. Karen has maybe four.
2: So Erica's the okay. daughter. Erica played Audrey. You were right. I I had the names reversed. God, that's right, folks. A <laughs> PhD. <F-E-H-D. laughs> okay. I got characters confused in Death Wish Four, and we just spent the last few minutes trying to figure it out. <laughs> I never tell you you were wrong. All right, so so nothing really happens. So he has this dream it's horrifying. He's at his office and his girlfriend calls. Karen, the girlfriend, calls and wants to go see a movie that night. And he's like, yeah, cool. Let's go see a movie. He goes to her house and as they are looking to the newspaper to find a movie to go to, Erica, the daughter, who on Audrey, vacation, gets in a fight with her mother about her curfew. So he says, "All right, our movie's at 8:30. Hour and a half movie or so. Back here at 10:30, half hour before your daughter's curfew." She says, "Yeah, bro, let's do it."
1: And we don't find out what movie they were going to see. I, I don't know why I find that detail significant, but uh, what movie was it? We don't know. They don't say. Oh
2: it. yeah. Should've been like Masked Zorro or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, this is insane. Now this is definitely a parody. Oh, did they had in the video store? They had the stand for Harrison Ford movie, Witness.
0: <laughs> oh, was it? Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: wait, or do you mean the scene where there's all those posters for other canon yeah. movies? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, anyway.
1: love, I just so love they, that they picked that pick the drug dealer's front business as a way to promote their movies, because it's just like, wait, wait, is canon admitting that
2: they, they've been a drug front this entire time. Um, so, the daughter and her boyfriend, who's kind of a creep, go to an arcade, and... He's there to buy drugs, right? I I don't know if... The,
1: yeah. I mean, that's what they end up doing. The, boyfriend,
2: uh, yeah. the boyfriend's there to buy drugs, but the drug dealer gives her there's a hint that she's an addict, right? Because he says, "I have real good stuff for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And this is for free, right?" This this movie has the myth that drug dealers give you free drugs. It's like, no, drug dealers <laughs> don't give you free drugs. <laughs> You're stupid. Um, not that bad a businessman. So anyway, or whatever, or you give you good stuff for free, get you hooked, and they give you the cheap stuff. Yeah, they also
1: wouldn't deal like right in the middle of this really crowded
2: area. Probably not. No. So she ends up Odine on the cocaine. Kersey, the night before this date, had seen the daughter and her boyfriend smoking a joint in his car.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So he's like, oh, the boyfriend knows what happened. Or a me to someone who knows. <clears throat> so he follows the boyfriend to the arcade where... The boyfriend is stabbed to death.
1: Yeah, by the, by
2: the same dealer, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because he tries to confront the dealer
2: about Eric's death. Yeah. It was a dealer, yeah. And Cursey shoots this guy, and he falls on the bumper cars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> God, dude. He should have was, had
1: actual kids
2: in the car. So. <laughs> yeah, it's <four> horrifying. <laughs> a little kid and seen that. <laughs> I'd be an adult. Like, oh, man, I'm not the same person after this. <laughs> Something in my brain just changed. Uh, so, and then this is when the cops almost immediately suspect because they find Curfew's fingerprint. Is it his fingerprint or is it the uh, same kind of bullet? Mm. I thought it was both. It might have been both? both, okay. Yeah. That the vigilante uses. Mm. So, like, oh. There's no way he's back. He's a myth. <laughs> or he retired. right this all this that he's basically become like I mean he's the punisher in this, right? He's just Yeah. he's become the punisher more or less that like, oh no, he retired. It's like, Oh yeah, then had this happen. It's like, I mm. think he retired. It's like, nah, dude, you didn't
1: Yeah, it's pretty inconsistent, because it's like, sometimes it's like everybody, it's like an open secret that Kirstie was the vigilante, and sometimes it's like there wasn't really a vigilante, you know, it's it's very weird.
2: So they begin to suspect him, and they go to interview him about where he was that night. A lot of this movie is just exposition, what it is. God bless him. I've always wanted to make a movie that was all exposition, <laughs> I and mean, this movie did it. <laughs> uh, it's just like, I mean, this movie is like, I mean, it's not even, I guess exposition is just a bunch of like disconnected scenes. Oh, it it's is, kind yeah. of like meal yeah. brains. It's, like it's perfect, like these perfectly these purposely postmodern. No, oh, this makes sense. It's all these disconnected events happening.
1: Yeah, because the thing that um, gets me, and we can go ahead and talk about it, talk about the whole subplot now, but like, they try to give uh, Karen this, mm. a subplot where she talks to the drug dealer, who happens to be the same drug dealer that, that gave uh, drugs to her daughter, but she doesn't know that, and uh, probably because they were too cheap to get two different... Oh, wait, no, 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 it's not the same drug dealer, because the drug dealer dies. It, it is a different yeah. drug dealer. Case.
2: It's a different... Yeah, it's, it's a whole... ends up being a whole drug network. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a different one, yeah. It's the one yeah. who was the boss of the one who was killed, basically. Oh, that's
1: right, that's right, yeah. I, I conflated them into one character, but yeah, so she... um, She... <laughs> she, she happens to be a reporter for, for what appears to be, like, a big city newspaper, and, like, she has to... And I guess this was, like, the closest thing this movie has to political commentary because she goes to her boss like, I want to interview a drug dealer. And the boss goes, no, everybody does crack nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the American dream or something like that. And, you know, it's – um, but he
2: yeah, – which, which is – we get to the end of it, just how we can talk about how this movie – yeah, we can talk about the millennial vision of the movie and the broken <laughs> systems and – yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and like her subplot just kind of stops until the end of the movie when, you know, she's supposed to get kidnapped and spoilers killed. Um,
2: Which I think is why you said earlier that this movie, at one point, either it was like over two hours, so they had all this footage, but Golden Globus wanted their movies to be short and sweet, and so they had him cut it down, or yeah. it was filmed this way. And the script was different. And they go, well, crap. Without these other scenes, this movie's like an hour. We can't have that. So yeah, film some of those scenes with the face. Film those scenes with the woman's story. We gotta put something in it. So maybe that's what happened.
1: Yeah, it probably is.
2: The first draft was too short (laughs) until they had to add. They had to fill it out. Either way, I think you're right. That there's some other movie here that they just didn't. Make. I'm sure Charles Bronson wanted to add. Maybe it was Charles Bronson who wanted that stuff in there.
1: Maybe. Yeah, because like
2: it, it tries to add to his character.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it tries to have depth. You know, he comforts her and wants to go on a media crusade against drugs, but it doesn't. Like you said, it's just disconnected from the from the main story.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, because at the end, the reason she ends up at this drug dealer's house is they know who she is. So clearly, in the original cut, this movie, original script, yeah, you're right. Her character had been able to reveal a lot, but she didn't have that final piece. And so the final piece was, hey, come here. Yeah. We'll tell you, or, you know, we heard about you. Come hang out with us. So you're right. There was something else.
1: Yeah, but but I have to tell you, like in in whatever the original plan was, I don't want to say that she deserves to die, but she kind of deserves to die just for being so damn stupid. (laughs) Yeah, well you know what? Like she's the worst reporter ever. Just yeah. Oh, oh you oh oh wow this uh this drug dealer who regularly engages in illegal activity wants to meet with me in like a random area and
2: I think I think this will turn out well. Her kind of white liberal do good in this, you know. So <laughs> that's part of the problem. <laughs> I'm sure right. she wanted to, you know.
0: I'm
2: sure she was part of a you no know, good enough white liberal to vote center left, but the center left is still Republican enough to cut social services. She hates the poor, right? But she's like all oh, these poor people doing those drugs, they're all so bad. It's like Man, you help create that systemic racism, so it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not a lot of patience for white liberal do-gooders these days, Chad. Nor do I.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's the worst journalist ever.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, no, she yeah she wants to investigate drugs, but her boss says no. But she's she going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Then Cursey gets a, gets so the cops come to Kersey's. When Kirstie gets home, there's a sign on his door saying, I know who you are, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's this guy. And he's like, oh, oh crap. I'm gonna figure this. I better go figure this out. He'll go to this dude's house. He's like, hey, leave me a note. He's like, yeah, man, I left you a note. I need your help. And he says, well, I'm, like, I'm not a mercenary. And it's like, do you know me? And Charles Bronson's like, I don't know, should I? says his name. He's some kind of tabloid. Uh, newspaper owner, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a tablet, right? It's not an actual legit newspaper. Yeah, yeah. It, but it doesn't affect the plot at all. It's just basically that no. uh, he's rich, you know. He's just he's rich, yeah, yeah. Like he's rich, but he's also scummy. But since he's a newspaper owner, he's a, he's an okay kind of scummy. Hmm. Yeah, that he's all right. I can probably trust this guy. He's not. He's like Eric Prince, right? <laughs> he's not oh. offering you money. He's like, uh, uh-uh. nope, I'm good. Uh,
1: um, and it's Nathan, right? Yeah, Nathan. Nathan
2: White, yeah, 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 and ends up that Nathan White also had a daughter die of a drug overdose, and says, "So again, this is a lot like again the Punisher. Mm. Someone finds out about Frank Castle's, you know, Frank, you're doing this all wrong. Uh, you're killing the the corner people, right? You're not. Mm. You're just. You no, know, that's not." you got to cut, cut the snake off at its head. I can give you the names and places where these people go where they meet. So I want you cut off the head. And Kersey says,
1: okay. Yeah, and they're also kind of just recycling the plot of Death Wish 3 because in that one, the police chief coerces Kersey into uh, doing what he basically wants to do.
2: Basically, it's, yeah,
1: yeah. It's almost yeah. the same here, yeah.
2: Yeah, right. So it's, again, it's basically any other Punisher plot. Which I don't, know, I, don't, I don't have a problem with, I guess.
1: Yeah, and uh, but but this is where the movie actually does get kind of fun because it's basically Nathan Six cursey on the two major drug lords in the city. Danny Trejo appears as one yeah. of the drug lord Zachariah's bodyguards in a wig, I guess.
2: I think so, yeah. Either way, it was bad. <laughs> Alright, so we're gonna get to the to the bar scene. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> the highlight of his film, the, the yeah, scene.
2: So good. Okay, so Percy goes to a bar, disguised as a winery owner of some sort, or at least a salesperson like, winery.
1: Yeah, I think just like a salesperson.
2: Yeah. Says this wine is from Napa Valley, um, gets into a conversation with the bartender about it. <laughs> Bartender's like, yeah, it's pretty good. So these guys at this table are all gangsters. So what happens, he offers a sample to the gangsters. There's a bomb in the wine bottle, is what mm-hmm. we should say from the beginning. So there's, God, we are not professionals. That's all right. I don't
1: get paid for this, so
2: it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, so yeah, there's a bomb in the wine bottle, and Kersey wants to get out. He doesn't want to be around This bomb goes off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh oh don't forget the the, the dialogue exchange where um, the criminals are really friendly to Kersey and they ask him like where he's from and everything and yeah you know i'm from uh idaho hey i got a brother in idaho what city <laughs> and he's almost spoiled by the fact that no american except the people who actually live in idaho can name a city in idaho except boise <laughs> yeah
2: i know she's like uh in the game she's like uh in the game she's like oh yeah i think it's a city <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have a brother in boise yeah, uh, uh, but then Trejo was Trejo in three? Cause no, the, no, because the third one's in New York. Yeah, yeah. So at some point, again, I try think that there was another movie. There are other parts parts that were cut out. Trejo says, "Hey, I remember seeing you in San Francisco." Because mm. the first one's in Manhattan, second one is L.A., this one, third one he's in. Is he in Queens? The third one?
0: Yeah, or Brooklyn,
2: the third one
1: was it Brooklyn?
2: I I no, I think it was no. Oh, uh, well, he's in the boroughs in the in the third one. Yeah, I don't know if they established which borough it is. Oh, okay,
0: like, and yeah.
2: four, he's back in L. A. Mm-hmm. So somewhere around there, that time, which is why it's why that movie is confusing, in part because Trejo says, "Hey, remember this guy." From says to, Kirstie, I saw you in San Francisco, but then if you hadn't – so when the detectives are talking, which is why you kind of have to know about these movies
0: to understand <laughs> this,
2: that the cops say, oh, the vigilante is here. He's like, wait a second. I thought he was in San Francisco before this. So
0: it's,
2: so there was, there's something missing here. I almost wonder if that opening scene was something that happened in, I don't know, San Francisco or calling back to San Francisco thing. Oh,
1: that's a that's a great point.
2: Because Percy recognizes Trejo,
0: right? Think,
2: oh, this guy does know me. I got to get at him. Yeah. So there is yeah, there's something going on where he was in San Francisco at at some point.
0: Well, um, the weird
1: thing is, I, I I'm actually looking it up now, and apparently, uh, Death Wish Two was supposed to be set in San Francisco, but because of budget constraints, the movie was set in Los Angeles.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. So, huh. I, I I don't know if
1: that's a coincidence or not, or or just some weird um but maybe you're right. Maybe maybe like in an earlier version of the script, Kercy was in San Francisco and
2: Something happened there was something something happened in San Francisco, yeah. Yeah.
1: Or they just didn't remember <laughs> that Death Wish Two no longer took place in San Francisco. I mean it probably would. it's
2: probably reading too much into
1: it.
0: <laughs>
2: well no no I think it's an interesting
1: I think it's an interesting connection because I, I didn't pick up on that. Um, I mean, I, I did a little bit. Um, it didn't occur to me that it might actually have been a reference to, to something in one of the other movies. Or
2: uh, I think it was. Or, yeah, I think it was supposed to be. So, kersey has got to get out of there because the bomb is about to go off. And <laughs> Kersey gets out in time. And then you see a dummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you see, it. And, and, and the shot lingers
0: on it, which yeah. means that
1: they just edited it so badly. Um,
2: that's that's one of my favorite things of all time is <laughs> when you're watching, like, oh, that's a dummy. Like <laughs> it's so inept. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's it's. I, <laughs> yeah. So what's so amazing about it is they watched it. The, they watched. This movie went they so they had to go through all this and edit it down and piece it together. So the editor, director, Golden Globus, producers, whoever, actors may have seen dailies. They saw that and like, yeah, that's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, and, and, and it's you know, so noticeable. the process said, "Hey, we need to fix that." <laughs> and, and
1: yeah, and it's so noticeable. This isn't like you know one of those. Screw ups where like on the gate on Game of Thrones, you can see an extra with a watch if you right. like pause it. This, if you, if if those of you listening at home or in your car have never seen this movie, I, I just want you to visualize like okay, but bo- uh, Danny Trejo and the monster are both like getting up from their chairs. There's a lot of motion. There's a lot of chaos, and then suddenly. You see the two mannequins just stationary at the at the um, in, in their little uh, uh, table, and then the screen just blows up. So it's like there's no way not to notice it unless you're like looking at your phone when it happens or something like that.
2: Yeah, right. If you put an eye on the screen, you can like, oh wait, and you'll probably rewind it, like I did. Yeah. Like there's no way I just saw that. So I was like, no, nope, that's I I didn't believe it, but it's it's true. It's just a dummy. So yeah, it's somewhere. Uh, it just it just blows me away that someone at some point didn't notice that. So when I was in high school. Oh,
1: and you said blows yeah. blows you away.
2: Ha <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, get this. So this is I, I'm about this kind of blatant mistake from world history. I had the I had the best teacher. Ever, Uh, Mr. Applehands, he's my world history teacher. Had him all four years of high school. He's the best teacher, dude, I've ever had. Never seen anybody better. I wrote a truism or adventure story Uh about the Battle Battle of Britain, and I spelled it in the document. So you have B R I T A I N, right? (laughs) But so Word said that was spelled incorrect. No, I so I spelled it. I spelled it I A N, and Word said it's AI in. I was like no it's not <laughs> it's my whole paper so it's in Battle of Prison So that's <laughs> that kind of mistake. That's like how did I make that mistake?
1: That's fantastic. Yeah speaking of college papers, there's a paper I wrote for a class, um it was like a film studies class and um I ended up spelling the <laughs> It, it, it was about a specific director, and I ended up spelling the director's name three different ways.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah, right. It was that kind of mistake that, even as a high schooler, I said, "No, like, that's something that I should have fixed, but I didn't, because I thought I was right." Like it's like that scene, right? That dummy's like, "Dude, someone, someone's got to edit that out. <laughs> we cannot have that. I mean, the professionals, for God's sake, right? Do something."
1: Yeah, I mean, all they needed to do was, like, just cut that out. Because you you still see Kiersey, like, running out of the room, and there's an obvious explosion behind him. So, I mean, you would have lost the... I, I guess you would have lost, like, the initial explosion scene. But you still, you know, you still get the idea. You know, the bad guys are trying to get away from their table. You see Kiersey running out, and there's an explosion behind him. So, you know... (laughs) There <laughs> really was no reason for it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, awesome.
2: So I'm i I'm
1: all here for it. <laughs> Me too. I I did notice this movie uh, had a moment like that. You know, I didn't expect it to be as much fun <laughs> as Death Wish three, but I'll I'll get into that later.
2: You know, it, I uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm gonna sound like that cranky old cranky old man when it comes to action movies, but you know, I miss those. Practical effects. And this movie has so many squibs. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: The squibs don't look good, but I mean I don't I don't care. I prefer it to whatever it is they do now. The CG stuff and either practical effects or something. I there wasn't there's was meant to be an art behind it. It looks dumb, it's bad, but mm-hmm. well that segues creative. nicely
1: into the next thing where like Paul Kersey <laughs> is actually doing stuff he's not just standing around and shooting people like in death Way 3 he infiltrates the penthouse of another gangster and his
0: uh
2: <clears throat> and his main
1: squeeze because <laughs> you would yeah say
2: his, his goal in this movie seems to be to shed as little blood as possible
0: because mm-hmm.
2: he throws a guy out the hotel window right he wasn't he didn't intend to do that so I was confused because some people, like the guy at the video story, just straight up shoots. But other guys, he tried to bug their phone. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he, something else, see, again, I don't know, I'm thinking too hard about it, it's all just stuff they wrote and mashed together. But he, he's, I mean, what reason would he have to tap their phone, right? You can't go to the cops and say, hey, I tapped these people's phones. Here's the evidence. The cops are going to be like, the agent will throw that out. The judge isn't going to listen to that case, right? Yeah, that's, not going to. It is illegal for us to use private and you can tap someone's phone. So this is no good to us. So yeah, I don't know what the plan was.
1: Yeah, they don't really explain it. I'm guessing it's so that he knows where the shipments are coming in. Oh,
2: that's probably it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I,
1: I think that's what happens, but but I mean you're right, they don't they don't really explain it, but I mean still it's kind of So his plan
2: it, was always to just murder them. <laughs> eventually, right.
1: Eventually, but you know, he he goes about it in a more clever way and, and you know and and the other thing i like about that sequence uh where he's in the penthouse is like he's actually in danger <laughs> you know like yeah i mean we, I mean, we know he's not going to die but i mean that's that's what makes action movies work you know they protect unless it's like some kind of deconstruction or something like you know the main guy isn't going to get killed but you know you still have to have that feeling of suspense that feeling of uh, risk.
2: At some which, point, yeah, yeah.
1: Which Deathless 3 really didn't have because it was just basically lots of scenes of Paul Kersey just standing on a corner lifting his gun and just like <laughs> mowing down yeah. people. Shooting down um, piece
2: of color.
0: Yeah. That's, people
2: that's what they talk about for Deathless 3 is that he is, ki- he is murdering children in these movies. Mm. In the third one, anyway, he is murdering children. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and and in this one, I, I mean, they must have been aware of that stuff because in this one, he's killing mostly hardened gangsters.
2: You know? Yeah, which is different in this one, right? He's like he's going after organized crime rather than just street dealers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> yeah, but I kind of want to talk about. I, I I forgot to record this guy's name, but that's okay. But like, I love the the gangster and his girlfriend and their and their um romantic dialogue. Yeah, uh,
2: it's almost like Your favorite show, Married of Children. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Kicking at each other. I hate the opera. Why do we got to go to
1: the opera anyway? I like the
0: opera, all right?
1: They don't even sing in English. At least they could sing in English.
0: How would you know? You don't even speak English.
1: Fuck you and the horse you rode
0: in on. You already did. You came in second.
2: Oh, yeah, you came in second. Yeah, that's a total, like, Married of Children joke. (laughs) It
0: is.
1: But, um, but yeah, they're about to go to the opera and he has to go back because he forgot the ticket. So he he runs into Paul bugging his phone and, like, it's actually a really good action sequence. I like, like it, yeah. Um, like, Paul has to, you know, he can't just shoot the guy. He, he uses different household things. And there's, like, a couple of points where the guy is really about to overpower him and you know it's really interesting
0: um, yeah
2: i mean charles bronson i thought in a lot of ways always made kind of a good action star
0: mm-hmm.
2: I and mean, he's athletic enough i mean until he's older in these movies he doesn't move as fast but i don't know i think I, th- I think charles bronson i like charles bronson
1: yeah i mean it's just a good action scene because it's not over the top it's believable that you know uh even a guy his age could get himself around this situation because, um, yeah, the, the film, the scene is shot in a way where this gangster is more physically powerful than he is. So he has to, you know, be more, I, I hate to use the word squirrely, but it's the only word that's coming to mind right now. But, you know, he has to be clever about how he's
2: going to die
1: out. And, and it definitely comes so, across in the scene.
2: <clears throat> yeah, makes good use, makes good use of the space. Right, mm-hmm. you feel as a tight space. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. It's claustrophobic in there. And,
1: but, but you know, it kind of gets ruined though because when the guy does, when Charles Bronson does knock him out of the window of his own penthouse, it's obviously a mannequin, so another special effect fail. Yeah. Although it's sadly not as hilarious as?
2: No, <laughs> it's not. It's kind of what I would expect.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's,
2: like not yeah. it's not. No, the the, the dummies for the explosion are still the best because. Yeah. There's no other way you're going to – this movie didn't have the money for a stuntman to jump out of the building, so it's – so, yeah. So he – I don't remember all the – I mean, none of the actual gangsters matter all that much. No,
1: yeah, I think it's right after that scene where he he just basically goes to – he goes to the warehouse where they're secretly importing the drugs along with um, uh, seafood.
2: Inside like the tuna, right? Tuna, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's tuna. I don't know. I didn't know what to make of the scene because it kinda looks like he's just opening up on random workers, but all the random workers are like trying to fight him. But I can't <laughs> tell if he's really if he's like just killing anybody that gets in his way or if he really is just killing the workers who are probably in on the drug deal.
2: I just think he's killing just the people who probably undoc- undocumented workers. <laughs> I mean, I was, <laughs> yes. was like, oh, oh shit! <laughs> I am in the wrong place. I mean that's their, their first thought. I was like, oh man, I'm in the wrong place, aren't right. I? <laughs> and then they get killed by this fucking lunatic.
1: Yeah, but then he starts killing
2: them, and he just runs away from them. Yeah, it's uh, not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie it kind of falls off the falls uh off to off the rails a bit. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Which is sad to say about Death Wish 4 is that at this point that the movie goes off the rails. They didn't do that earlier. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me... Oh, God, I can't remember the title. This is when it stops being believable, weirdly <laughs> enough.
1: Yeah, it's the most Death Wish 3-esque part of Death Wish 4. But, um, yeah, I can't remember what the movie was. It was like some really bad um Hong Kong action movie but like when the when the hero goes to battle the the bad guy like even the secretary pulls out a gun and tries to
2: <laughs> and he shoots her dead. Love that <laughs> it's, it kind of reminded me of that you know
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> well they told us this, this might happen we better get those guns if they like, <laughs> by thinking hey it's, yes, it's me or him so <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, I don't want to have to go back to the temp agency.
2: Yeah, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> if drug dealer came out for me, that kind of work versus working for a temp agency, I'd be like, yeah, I'll come work for you.
1: <laughs> it, it's easy, good work. You just have to worry about a Charles Bronson
0: possibly showing yeah,
2: right? up. <laughs> hey, job, you know, it's a reason why people hired a temp agency, right? I'm not a union, and if something happens, like, well... Uh, they weren't unionized kind of game, right? It's just that very very real possibility of both jobs, I'll I'll die and that'll be it. No one won't have to suffer any consequences for it.
1: Oh oh yeah, we forgot we forgot to mention uh the uh that one of the cops, uh Detective Nozaki.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. The Asian guy, yeah.
1: Yeah, who um, yeah, I, I I did mention him during my trivia, but um, he's played by Korean actor Sun Tae and of course, Hollywood being what it is, uh, he has lots of roles playing Chinese and Japanese people. <laughs> God, <laughs> um, including a character, a main character from Mulan. So, uh, but anyway. <laughs> um, yes. He turns out, and, and this is like one of the opportunities the movie had to be interesting because I thought it would be kind of cool to see, you know, um, Charles Bronson get hunted down by uh, two cops. But, of course, it turns out that um, Teco is, I mean, um, Detective Nizaki is in is on the take with one of the drug lords. Yeah. <clears throat> and he goes to assassinate Kersey at his office, but, of course, you know. Percy is able to kill him, and, you know, it doesn't really change that much about the plot, except...
2: Yeah, no, the the two cops, they're just, that was, I don't know, I don't know what they're trying to do with those two guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, because the other cop doesn't really do anything except towards the end of the movie, and, uh, Nozaki just... I, I mean, I guess it sort of puts, because... Kirstie is suspected of killing Nozaki because he did kill Nozaki. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't really make things more difficult for him and he just keeps doing what he's
0: been doing.
2: <laughs> so yeah, no, it just... I didn't, I didn't. It's just... I don't... Yeah. I, I'm not sure what they were trying to do with that. Yeah. I, Something I maybe... Really I don't. Maybe... I mean, I don't know if this movie's trying to say anything about anything. <laughs> I just think it's... I don't know. It's a weird one. So after I just kind of felt like I had to bring it up because yeah, it no, it's it's overlooked because it's, but it, oh yeah,
1: and of course, you know, the only um, the one corrupt cop in this movie as a minority, which yeah, couldn't help but make a note of that.
2: Yeah. Right. And there's no I don't know, no yeah, it's just it's poorly done. Even again for this movie we're the movie's almost over. Like we're an hour over an hour into it and it gets all the scenes that now we're into the movie, we're like, no, this doesn't, this doesn't really work, right? just how absurd it gets.
1: Yeah, Cursey is able to take it, because he, he ambushes the... Well, the gangsters are about to attack each other anyway in this big area, and then Cursey shows up to finish them off, and, you know, it's it's alright, yeah. but it, it doesn't get up to the level that the whole penthouse action scene did,
2: though. No, and it's, again, I think... That the movie, which is why I think we're saying this, is that the movie. Say what you will about these movies, but it starts off kind of believable.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: So it takes this turn, and it's like, oh man, this is this is this is stupid now. <laughs> which was stupid from the beginning. Yeah, and then uh,
1: well, I guess you want to, I, I guess you want the honor of uh, explaining the movie's big
2: twist. Oh, so the big twist is, so he sets up a shootout by the oil fields. Mm-hmm. And so all the gangsters are dead. So he takes out this whole organized crime ring. So that's why this movie is different than the other ones, is that the first three truly is just going after the low-level people. But in this one, he's going to have to suppliers. So it ends up that this Nathan White guy, he goes to this mansion. Well, I'm Nathan White. He's like, no, you're not. <laughs> so Nathan White is not actually Nathan White. Basically, is a drug lord who uses Kersey to take out everyone else so he can be in charge, consolidate power.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't I was, know if this is too cinema sins of me or if this is a valid uh, nitpick, but like I kept thinking, how? I mean, how exactly do you just waltz into some rich guy's mansion in broad daylight? Yeah,
2: you know? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No, I thought I thought the same thing. But then I thought, oh, yeah, this is Death Wish. <laughs> it's to this point in the movie now where it's like, we got to move this thing along. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a line
1: about, about the guy who owns the mansion, you know, that he was on vacation in Europe or something. But... I- I mean, even then, it's like, you know, people who own mansions don't tend not to have lack security, you know? It's, uh, yeah. I, it's not like Chad Denton's crappy apartment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's, I mean, somebody it's, could pose as me and I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, but I'm not a millionaire,
2: so. I'm poor and I lock my front door. I know, right? <laughs> Someone breaks in here, they're going to be very disappointed <laughs> very disappointed They're like ah, oh, really we broke a lot or we walked in this place we're gonna leave stuff for them we feel bad yeah <laughs> i
1: stole
0: exactly nice us to this
2: from these people. <laughs> people this house needs this so yeah at this point it just becomes so he finds out about this guy being the actually a bad guy and the bad guy kidnaps his girlfriend karen
0: yeah,
2: so he and lures, her, lures her to a meeting place where she will learn about the whole LA drug trade. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's, it's global drug trade, Central America, uh, United States, and that everybody knows about it, right? Yeah, cops are in on it. Federal government, state government, this whole thing. So if you come here, you know we'll spill it. To you, will give you the exclusive. You can run this and and she goes by herself right it's yeah
1: she goes by herself she doesn't even try to say oh wait no actually you come to my office you know in the middle of the day when it's busy or you know at least you know we meet in this public space no she's just like okay i'll go (laughs) just tell me where oh you want me to meet you in a uh in an unfinished town
2: home in the
0: middle of nowhere. Or it's, at
2: this point, or it's at this point that you confide in somebody say, hey, I've been doing this story. Um, here's what I know so far. Now, If I don't call you by this time, call the police, tell them this is where I'll be. Right. right. You would do something like that. If yeah, you she- didn't want to, to know, you'd find someone. Because if I was repressed, how would you? I'd probably say Chad. I'm going to be at this place if I don't, you know, text something to the Facebook group, you know, call the police. Yeah. Give them this information. But, but it's not her fault. It's still not her fault, right? She was a grieving mother, so.
1: I I guess. I guess that's what we're supposed to think. She's reckless, but it's for the right reasons. But
2: you know. Yeah, still, you know, she's supposed to be like the white liberal do-gooder that we're supposed to – know cheer for so <laughs> <laughs> she's not, in- she's not in- like i don't know i have i have a lot of problems with this movie <laughs> yeah and she um the kinds, the kinds of problems it perpetuates <laughs> and Cursey shows up and kills about everybody and this bad guy i forget his name <clears throat> the fake nathan white kills karen in front of him
1: yeah. Oh, oh, don't don't forget, though, that they have a shootout at a at a roller rink, and it's oh, like yeah, the it's most roller 80s roller thing yeah, ever.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. And, and, and Kersey has no problem at all just, like, unloading these weapons while a bunch of teenagers are running around terrified.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, have all those bullets flying everywhere? <laughs> like, hey, you no, know, you may think you're a straight shot, but guess what? Bullets, <laughs> bullets don't always go in a straight line a right. little thing called physics really does. Yeah, so he's, he's clipping teenagers. <laughs> Innocent <a> teenagers. Right.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. It is. It's great and horrible.
2: Well, uh-huh. the reason it's so bad is that the violence... Like, I can see if the movie was a critique of this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's so dumb. I like, guess not that... it Even the idea... Even the thought that you make it a critique never occurred to these people. Um, no. And, they're, not, and they're, not, of... they're not celebrating this kind of violence either, though. They're right. just – that's why I say it's so nihilistic, right? It's just like, oh, yeah, now we're just violence. There's no purpose, right? It's not meant to make you laugh. It's not meant to be a critique. It's not meant to be a celebration, right? It's just violence for violence's sake.
1: Yeah, and you think, because it kind of seems like, and maybe, again, this is, like, the script getting butchered, but, you know, when, when I don't know what to call her again. Karen, yeah, when Karen Karen. gets shot, and gets shot by the fake Nathan, and it does lead into what I think is one of the few effective moments in this movie where, where, you know, the fake Nathan gets, like, an oh-shit look on his face, and he has, like, this weird... It's like both arrogant and pleading at the same time. Like she made me do. Or what does he say exactly? Um,
2: something like that. Yeah.
1: It it wasn't my fault, Kirsty. She she made me do it. You know. Oh shoot, I thought I wrote it down. Uh. Uh. But anyway, yeah. He he shoots her, and he has like this really good moment on the part of the actor of, of being both pleading and arrogant about yeah, yeah. about what he just did. And this
2: movie is I mean, well-acted, more or less. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and like there's this big, effective scene where Kiersey kills the like Nathan and the cop who has just realized that his partner was on the take and everything. Like, the cop, Kiersey just, like, basically dares him to kill him and he walks sadly away while the cop is just standing there traumatized. Yeah, and it and it's an effective scene, but it doesn't really say anything at all. I mean, it's like Kiersey's all of his loved ones have been killed, and I guess that's what it's supposed to say. It's like he's lost all these people in his life, but he's not really more morally culpable for anything that
2: happened. None. He doesn't seem particularly upset.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like oh. Shit, I've had another tragedy in my life and but it's not really,
2: it's it's not really, really th- either, right? It's just kind of it just happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It happened. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> it just happened. The whole thing, right he's like, Oh yeah, no, that happened. All right. Like he there's no he has no thoughts either way about it, right? For him it's not good or bad.
1: Right. And it and so, it is a,
2: this, this it's so bleak. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not a consequence
1: of anything he's really done necessarily, you know.
2: Yeah, uh, it's like it is the perfect right wing bullshit movie.
1: Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't go that far because uh it doesn't offer any kind of moral critique, just like oh. Death Wish Three did.
2: It, well, it, saying it, is that well this whole system is broken. Mm-hmm. Um, shame on all of you for not doing anything about it. So I'm gonna come in. And take care of these people for you that, that you should be taking care of. Right, exactly. Um, but it doesn't. But then that kind of violence within that the cursy character, his goal is not systemic change.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, it's just to punish, just to kill people. Uh, right, racist. Right, it's what it is. <laughs> it's just racist and classist, and everyone around it just says, oh, yeah, okay, well, that happens sometimes, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, And it's still a step up from Death Wish 3 in that, you know, most of Percy's victims are still, like, people who you know, like, wealthy gangsters. But, you know, he still kills, like, the street-level dealers, and there's no questioning of that.
2: Um, yeah, there's this, there's this great tweet from someone recently about her experience with the postal service in the United States versus like Canada.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: In other countries, there's still a healthy infrastructure, and their post offices are good, right? They're efficient, they're pleasant places to go. Yeah. But in the United States, because of neoliberal Republican austerity measures, those things have been slashed to the bone.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: then they say, well, the reason they suck is that because it's government. That's why it sucks. It's like, no, no, that's not why. It's like, yeah, it sucks. It's because you gutted it. <laughs> yeah, cause, uh, yeah, cause that's like the the
1: whole movie saying it's just like it's the fault of it, it's the 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 violence is the fault of the fact that oh we're we're letting crack in and you know it's like this vague culture issue and not you know something that's related to. Economics, all—it's like the moral failing of all of society and, and tolerating crack, you know, and then letting kids have
2: it. Right, it, right. But then, it, but then it's saying that the reason these establishments don't work is that it's because it's corrupt government.
0: <clears> throat>
2: so throat> it's saying that you have this broken, awful society. But the reason the people you we should be trusting, which is the government, to take care of this. They can't be trusted because government is inherently incompetent and inefficient
0: and yeah. corrupt,
2: which is not yeah. true. Uh,
0: yeah, just just like the
2: cop. True. So yeah. it's then like, oh, this is so inherently corrupt that you can't trust government.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So let's just privatize all of this. But then the privatization is like, ah, oh, that's right. This is what we have to. This is the way to deal with it, right? Is this vigilante violence and it's mm-hmm. just this awful. Yeah, so that's what, that's my thoughts on the movie, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's
1: like the two cop characters, one's just ineffective and one's, you know, flat-out corrupt. Yeah, yeah. Because, so, yeah, because uh, I was honestly my, because I kind of did the same thing that I did with Death Wish 3 to speculate what if this movie actually did what it kind of seems to set up to do. I don't, uh, um, I'm pretty sure that Death Wish 3 was dumbed down from an earlier draft. I'm not so sure about this movie. But I kept thinking, like, you know, what if Nathan White was the real Nathan White and he, it was just that, you know, he escalated things with Kiersey. He said, all right, you took out the drug lords. Now I want you to go kill this judge who goes soft on drug offenders.
2: Right. And like, uh, I think this, I think this movie, I think this movie told the story it wanted to and it did it effectively. Uh, I think that, I don't think it was ever meant to be any sort of, um, I don't know. I guess sincere take on the violence of the cities and drugs in relationship to gutted social services. I think the movie was meant to, meant to perpetuate the idea that these social or the government institutions are inherently corrupt and inefficient, so we got to get rid of them. And and it's
1: not. It's not any kind of systemic failure. It's a failure of the morality of our culture that's, yeah, that's causing yeah. all of this.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: It's, it's, it's much right-wing nonsense. It told the story it wanted to, and it did it effectively, right? Mm-hmm. And, and,
1: yeah, that's, that's sort of the interesting thing about Death Wish 4. It's like, on one level, it is a better movie than Death Wish 3 because it has better action scenes. I mean, it there's... Does, yeah. like,
2: better acting? I think Charles no. Branson... Yeah, was yeah. so bad in 3.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was just worn out in three. And I think I think that that's probably why this is like a more serious movie than three was. It probably was to get Charles Bronson to agree to do do it. Um yeah, I think yeah, he, was,
2: he wanted to do rewrites and all mm-hmm. that. So I did see that.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it's still like the same thing. It's like You know, I just kept thinking, we're four movies in and you're not even going to do anything interesting with the basic premise still.
2: Yeah, no, it's. Mm. It works as. So I saw a review from the LA Times and they described it as like a comic book. Mm. You could could like close your eyes, open them again, and see the narrative bubbles.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I I mean, the sentences are those quick snappy stuff you get in comic books right there's not a lot of monologue or long dialogue in these movies um it just these very quick sentences it's a scene 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 just these like scenes just put together the way you know comic book is a probably done comic book but
1: it- that, that, that's interesting that you pointed out because one thing i had in my notes was like i compared watching this movie to watching someone else play a video game you know
2: yeah right. Yeah yeah. You <laughs> you just get you just get bits and pieces of the story, and you're like, ah, so everybody, you'll look at it like, oh yeah, I'm kind of interested in this now. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I guess uh, where where would you put um, uh, Death Wish four on the trash canon? Um, that's a good question. Honestly, I wouldn't rank it as high on the trashiness as like Death Wish three.
0: Yeah, we're yeah. in
2: five. <laughs> <laughs> is real trashy so it's not as trashy as uh as 3 but it I think it still deserves to be up there because it's still the same just like going Globus schlock I think it was mm-hmm. cheap to make I bet and those ideas because they were still working on that old system the, you know like the old B-movie system right we just churn out tons of cheap stuff to, to fund your big movie
0: mm-hmm. um
2: and so it's probably one of those medium-tier Golden Globus movies that, that threw some money in, did Charles Bronson. That sounds what about, about you? right.
1: Yeah, I would put it on there. I think it's interesting because it's simultaneously a better and worse movie than Death Wish 3, and that it's not as much fun as Death Wish 3, but mm-hmm. it manages to have enough trashy qualities like the infamous exploding bar scene and,
0: yeah, uh, right. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as well as like the bits and pieces of a genuinely decent action movie that you know it's still worth watching. Um,
2: yeah. No, I like it. Yeah, it's yeah. worth watching for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right. Well, um, where
2: can uh, everyone
1: find you at, Jonathan?
2: I'm at my. I'm on Twitter. My handle is. Let me check. I I can never remember. What it is. Oh, it's okay. But I'm on I can edit
1: it down later, so it's okay.
2: Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. on Instagram at the root 1984. Um, that's the root 1984, and Twitter is uh at root jb at underscore root. I don't know if you need that root as the underscore, but at root jb um underscore root. I found on Twitter
1: and Facebook. And I am Chad Denton, and you can find my blog, uh, Trash Culture,